on this episode of TR Talk. I've been so lucky. And I think the, again, I, I just can't reiterate enough to stay true to your joy and stay true to who you are um, and, and and work at it. I mean, it's not easy. It doesn't make work easy, but, and it doesn't, and it's not easy to find, but it is, uh, it makes a big difference in all aspects of your life when you can work, do work that you love with people that you respect and people that you trust. And so you deserve an environment like that and you deserve a job like that and you deserve work like that. So don't sell yourself short, get out there and try to find it. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the TR Talk podcast. This is Tommy Tahoe and I help millennials to fast track their personal development and kick ass. If you are someone that wants to take your game to the next level, you're in the right place. Why don't you just do something real quick? If you're listening to this on your iPhone or whatever device, why don't you go on over to the volume button, bump that up a notch or two because we have a great interview today. It's me and the CMO of Tableau Software, Elisa Fink. And this was a really fun one to do. Um, and Elisa has just so much positive energy that she brings to the show. And, you know, we talk about everything from, you know, how millennials should or should not go job hopping, how they choose the right opportunity, you know, how to put your nose down and get the job done, you know, her leadership uh, strategies and philosophies, um, and her advice to anyone that's 25 years old right now and hates their freaking job. It was a great interview. I hope you guys really like it. Um, you know, this is something that we put together a couple weeks ago, a Friday night. Um, you know, I wasn't out at the bars getting mangled. You know, I was in the studio uh, connecting with Elisa doing this podcast, and I wouldn't have it any other way. So, uh, you know, if you're able to support in any way, please do so. You can head on over wherever you're listening to this, subscribe, leave a five star review, and just tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, you know, something that you learned, uh, you know, anything. And you know, the reviews really do matter. Uh, we have 71, five stars. So if you'd like to be the 72nd, please, please do so. Share us out on social. And then you can find me at tomalamo.com and all the other contents there, whether it's the newsletter, the YouTube, the, uh, you know, the blogs that go with each episode. There's a lot of content there. Um, you know, real quick, before we get into the interview, want to give a shout out to the fan of the week, Preston Pugmire. I might have butchered your last name, but I met you last week at the Tony Robbins conference. And, you know, Preston is the man. He has so much energy, so much positivity, and he has his own podcast, The Next Level Life Podcast. It's a good one. Uh, I listened to the first episode on my way home uh, yesterday. So it was great and want to give him a quick shout out. So here you go, Preston. You're welcome. Um, so without further ado, please head on over, support the podcast. But first, here's our interview with Elisa Fink. All right, Elisa Fink, welcome to TR Talk. How you doing? Thank Good, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you on and um, no better way to spend a Friday night than to be podcasting it up, you know? Um, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so so let's, let's dive on into this. You know, you're the, the CMO at, you know, a, a high growth company, Tableau Software, and something that 
is really interesting to me about being a CMO or anyone in the C-suite is that you have to have such a vision for what you want to get done, where you want the company to go. But there's so many small tasks on a day-to-day that have to get done for that to build up. So I'd, I'd love to hear your thought on how you balance that. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting challenge for sure. You know, uh, having a high-level vision but realizing that it's the small daily task, the execution um, that really is the accomplishment of that vision. You know, I often say like, hey, what's a good vision or a high, good strategy if you don't ever get anything done? It's not worth even the paper it's written on. Whereas sometimes if you've got a great team and a vision that people can rally around, even without a good plan or a good strategy, a great team with the right vision will go get amazing things done. So I think it's really important that um, part of it is setting that sort of high-level vision and helping a great and, and building a great team around that vision. And part of it is definitely just recognizing when sometimes, I mean, every day is movement forward. You just have to keep thinking about that. Every step is a movement forward. Sometimes there's a lot of noise. And I think what people get um, uh, frustrated or they get, um, they get off their game is because they get distracted by the noise. And I think I, I just really try to keep people focused on like, yeah, there's a little bit of noise and yeah, there's some fits and starts, but look, this is where we're going. And I just, I think I, uh, uh, one of the things we try to do overall at Tableau or, you know, in the, in the, at the leadership level, at, at all levels of leadership, mm-hmm. is just really, again, be reiterating that vision, keeping it simple enough so that people can remember it and, and look to it and so that they know how their, their piece uh, relates to it. If it's too complicated, it gets hard to, for people to relate to it so they don't see how their stuff relates and how it uh, accomplishes or how it moves us forward. But keeping it simple, keeping the focus, trying to ignore the noise or trying to help people redirect their energy from noise to, you know, the, the music, so to speak, um, is a big part of that. So sometimes just a lot of like, you know, explaining and talking and hearing people and, and listening to them and answering questions. Um, but it's, it's hard, but it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. I think vision is a really important thing and people really crave it. And so you definitely want to be able to um, share it, get the message out there and then just keep showing people how little things really do add up to the big things. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's a big part of it is just not getting, not letting the noise or the turkeys get you down, but realizing like those little steps forward are really steps forward. So when you say that, like, what's an example of, of the noise and how do you block it out or how do you coach the team to block it out? Well, sometimes people might, um, a good example might be something like, well, they're really clear on um, a program or a project we got to get done and they've written a great plan and they're, they're gung ho to get it. And then they might go talk to someone in a related group that they need to collaborate with who's like, I don't get it. You know, this doesn't make any sense to me. And they might be discouraged and think that, oh, that that, that's a lot of noise. They're just trying to distract us or they're bringing up issues that have nothing to do with this or apparently have nothing to do with this. And it's kind of like, no, no, no. Sometimes you just, you have to give people an opportunity to, to create some noise or create some questions so that, you know, they can get on board with it too. And instead of looking at those people who question or who want to contribute or who have points of view that you think that's not my vision, that's not where I'm going and that's just noise, it actually helps get them on board. So I'll often be like, hey, sometimes we do have to have these meetings and we have to have these um, 
check-ins with other groups or other teams or even management where we're explaining where we're going. It's not noise to get people on board or to step back up a couple steps and take some input in that really makes the project better. It's actually, again, sometimes you just have to redirect yourself to like how that helps you move forward. Sometimes noise is just like, look, you just got to go do something. You know, we got to go brief, um, you know, uh, a manager or another person or we have to talk to a partner or whatever it is that you feel like is not adding. Sometimes you just got to do it and, 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 and you just got to go do it. A lot of times noise is sort of like realizing like, wait, I don't have to get upset just because someone wrote a memo or wrote an email that wasn't uh, totally on target. I, no, it, it has nothing to do with me or that. my project still is a go. I'm still doing it. And just kind of like ignoring the times when other people might be having a bad day or uh, trying to make a point that just is not impacting your thing and just letting it roll off, just letting it roll off. A lot of times people feel like they have to listen to every bit of input, but they don't. They have to be judge, have good judgment about the input and the, the contributions that matter and let the other things that don't contribute or don't advance sort of roll off their backs in a good way. And sometimes, you know, you do have to listen when you don't want to. So it's just sort of like, you know, just having good judgment about um, how to keep moving forward and when to tune in and when to tune out is, is I think, um, how I think about noise and how, to, how not to get distracted by it. You don't have to answer every question, you know, every, every complaint or every issue. Um, you just have to keep focused on your objective, but take in the, the, the meaningful and the um, useful suggestions and the useful noise that does add to your project that makes your song a symphony, you know. Do you run your life like in the same way? And what I mean by that is like, do you do you have and throughout your career, like have a vision for like, hey, this is where I wanted to go and this is where I still want to go. And it's what you do from a business perspective, but it's also it could potentially be for all areas of life. And you you just seem to have this vision of where things should go and not listening to the noise and, you know, taking the right yeah. feedback is that scale to other pieces of your life yeah I, I think that does I think that's a really good observation or a good question because I think it's a little bit resilience it's a little bit like noise or ups and downs and peaks and valleys in your life in your career in a project in your day for that matter you know it's not always going to be perfect it's not always going to be easy you know you do have to have a long-term direction of where your life is going and what you want out of life. And so do you let every little day just throw you off that now? You sort of get through your hard points and you take advantage of your easy points and you push and you enjoy, you celebrate your successes and you double down when you have to work a little harder and sometimes you have setbacks, but it doesn't deter um, your life from happening. And so a lot of times think about your career the same way. It's like, don't let that stuff deter you. You know, there's been times in my career where I'm like, ah, geez, I have to report to who, you know, or I, my company just got purchased and now I'm subordinate to somebody that I think I'm better than or what, you know, I'm, I'm making that up. But um, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches and not let the turkeys or let the, the little disappointments or even the big disappointments keep you away from what you want to achieve. So I think, I think that does apply to your life. And it's a certain amount of resilience to like, Hey man, it isn't always going to go swimmingly. And sometimes there's going to be challenges and noise and difficulties and you just kind of got to stick with it. And it's surprising how often 
resilience and just showing up and doing the right things work. You know what I mean? It's, there's really no magic to a lot of, uh, a lot of what we do day to day. A lot of it is like just being a, you know, a learner and making adjustments and staying focused on the goal or the vision and, 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 and picking yourself back up when something gets you down and, and uh, keep going um, and not giving up. I'm not saying bang your head against a wall, but stay focused on your vision even when, when, when there's some disappointments or no's. You just got to do it. And sometimes it's hard little things you got to do and hard big things. Yeah. And that's it. I love that you said that because I, uh, I was watching a video from Gary V like a week ago and he was talking about something about brick by brick. Like every little thing that you do is just one more brick. Like, you know, that one sales call or that one task or that one anything is not going to turn you into what you want to be, but it's just that little, you know, every little piece yeah. over time, over 10, 20, 30 years, that's, you know, how you get to be where you want. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's true when it comes to mistakes too. Like you think you make this colossal mistake or you do something that you're just like, oh my God, I screwed that up. But you know what? A lot of times, even though it feels like it's the end of the world, it's not. It's okay. You, the, the sun's coming out tomorrow, whether the disaster happened today or not. You know what I mean? And you will get through it. And 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 it's all about your a little bit about your attitude toward like accepting the learnings from that and just like picking yourself back up, good or bad, and keep moving yeah. forward. <laughs> and as you think about the patience aspect, I mean, you've been at Tableau for I think ten plus years. Like, what what has kept you? there for so long from i think they were you know you're probably more of a, a smaller startup when you started and now um you know look at where you guys are now but yeah what's kept you here and, and hungry at the same spot for so long hmm. well that's a great question i mean i yeah I joined when we were about 40 and now we're you know over 3500 um so it's been an incredible journey um i think i've just always enjoyed um the the mission of the company the, my job, the spirit of the company, the brand, I think it was a place, and I still believe this, is a place where I can be, bring my full self to work every day and feel like I'm contributing. I don't have to be somebody different than I am um, to be at Tableau. And I think that's a really powerful thing. I think as, as, as people in their careers, um, especially early in their careers, and it's even like millennials, it's really important to be at a place where you don't have to spend any energy being different than who you are. Early in my career, I worked um, at a company where it was a pretty blue chip, um, kind of stiff um, organization, and it just wasn't me. And it was hard for me to work there because I had to not be myself. You know, I had to decide to spend energy not being myself, and that takes away from the energy you can put into your job of being your best self and bringing your all your talents to bear. And so, um, yeah, after about five years, it took me a long time to get that lesson right. I left and I went to a company where I just was like, okay, I could be Elise. I could be my crazy, creative, analytical marketing self. And, um, and that's where my career really took off. It's just, I was able to be true to myself. And I think that's a big reason why I've enjoyed Tableau so much and why I think people at Tableau enjoy it so much is that we really do want people to bring their full selves to work and be themselves. Uh, of course, be respectful and be a team member along with our core values and stuff. But still, we don't, we want you to come in and, you know, give it your all without having to restrain who you are. So I, I think that's a really important part of why I like it here. And also what I found is, uh, uh, something that's really helped 
me and my careers is being able to work at places where I felt like um, this is the right kind of place for me in the way that I work, in the way that I think, in the way that I live. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So what would you say to, you know, the 25 year old that's out there that doesn't, that can't feel like themselves at work, whether it's just self-imposed or the company really is restricting, you know, whatever it is that they're interested in. And like, they just like, they're staring at the clock waiting for five o'clock every day. And oh, like, what would, no, what would you tell terrible. that person? Yeah. Listen, I would tell that person, um, go find a company um, and a job where you can not have to be like that, where you can be yourself and you can be all in for the mission and all in for what you can contribute. When I left that company that I was describing, I mean, and I took the next job, people were like, are you crazy? You know, why are you taking a demotion, basically? Like you're going from this blue chip kind of prestigious um job to like the small tech company that, that hardly anyone's ever heard of. And you're not even, you know, you're, you're not even like as high up in that organization as you were at this organization, so to speak. And it, people thought I was nuts, but it was the probably the single, uh, uh, probably ties with coming to Tableau, but the single best decision I ever made in my career was leaving that old job. And the sooner you can do that, if you're 25, if you're 25, it is not even close to being too late for you to make that kind of switch. And I would highly encourage you to do it. I would highly encourage you to find a place where you believe in what the company's doing, where it feels like the kind of culture you belong. And then ideally, if you can find a company in an industry that's growing fast, where the company is doing great products, I mean, then you're really talking about an opportunity to really Zoom your career and Zoom, not just your career, but your enjoyment of your job. I mean, you spend a lot of time on a job, so you might as well work at a place where it's fun and it's interesting and it's joyful. Um, and where you're not, where every day is like, whoa, it's over already. Like right now it's uh, six o'clock on a Friday night. And I'm like, oh my God, it's already six o'clock. I can't believe it. You know? Um, yeah. So I think I would just say 25. That's great. You have plenty of time to get the heck out of that job. That's not right for you and find a place um, that's good for you. Now, I think when you're 25, the other thing is you get a little, uh, you get a little twisted by like, ooh, I want this title and I should have, you know, you get a little twisted by money or titles or things that at the end of the the day are not really enhancing your own well-being. Now, sure, a lot more money at some job versus a lot less money at another job, that's a, that's a hard sacrifice to make. So I'm, I'm not naive about that. But when you're choosing, there's money is only a little a psychological Ben, psychological um, benefits to being at a, a job where you're learning and you're doing your best work and you can be a star there. You can move fast. You can grow fast. You can learn fast. It's who you are. It's what you're about. You can be a leader in your field. Boy, that's worth a lot as opposed to being at a company where you're not appreciated. You're not learning. You're not feeling like you're part of the culture. You're just never going to, uh, you know, you're never going to take off in an environment like that. So even if it's less money if to, to leave and it's, you know, your, your current psychology job is more money in the long run i am telling you right now there's it's not more money it's less money it's less money i guarantee when i left that that first company uh, and went to the second company and i took a lower level job for a little bit less money or well i guess it was pretty reasonable less <laughs> less money it did would not my old that first job would not have led me to tableau and i have been very lucky to work at tableau and it has been an incredible journey um and i would have never been here if it weren't 
for my making the decision to to leave the the more prestigious job to go to this other job um, I wouldn't have been here and there's you know my life would have took a very different tact and I have to say I'm very happy with where where I am today yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I would and say don't don't let today's money fool you um, it does it's it, it's not necessarily literally more money just because it's more money today right and if you're not if your heart's not in where you're working then even if it is, you know, say 5k more for the year, you know, like you're not going to be doing as good of a job. You're not going to be putting in the effort, building the skills. So then 10 years from now, you won't be as good of a marketer or salesperson or, you know, program or whatever exactly. you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. And say, yes, exactly. You got it. So right, Tom, money, title. Uh, oh, they pay for this. I get that benefit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my friends think it's a cool company. None of that matters if that if you just feeling like you can't be your best because you need to be your best and do your best because people will recognize that you will recognize that you'll be great and you'll keep growing in your career. But, but just, that's, just, that's the way it goes. I mean, let's not shy away from the issue. I think like millennials in general are more apt to just kind of uh, jump around from, you know, one year or two years at a stint and keep moving. So I'd be curious to hear from your role, like how, what's your strategy on recruiting and um, retaining millennials and how is it different than the other generations? Yeah, no, it's a really good question because I do think, um, I think millennials, um, there, I, I admire so much about the way they think about work. Um, it does have to matter. The work has to matter. They do want to learn. They want to move ahead aggressively and fast. And, and let's face it, this world is changing a lot. So they're good learners. They're fast learners. And that's super valuable because they can new stuff comes along and they can learn it. Now, that being said, I think that they there's also this, sometimes I see, well, I learned it, so I'm done doing this job. And it's kind of like, no, we actually paid you to do this job. And by the way, you get to learn it while you're doing it. So now we want you to keep doing it because just because yep, you think you you've mastered it, now you need to show us or be a master. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you get paid to learn and then we want you to master it and keep mastering it and keep getting better and keep doing it and keep being great. Now we want to uh, accelerate people in their careers and keep providing learning opportunities, but there's always more and more learning opportunities, even when you've quote unquote, mastered something is to, to be able to sustain a level of competence on something day after day is an amazing thing. So you look at a, a world-class gymnast, for example, you know, a, an average gymnast or a pretty good gymnast can have one great routine. That does not make them a master. That does not make them a world-class gymnast. What makes them a world-class gymnast is that again and again, day after day, routine after routine, situation after situation, crowded gym, loud gym, small gym, whatever, they're always excellent. That sustained level of achievement and performance is true mastery. So I think sometimes millennials are like, well, I've done this once or I've learned it now, therefore promote me. And it's like, well, you've learned it, but you're not a master yet or you haven't shown us mastership in a sustained way. And so so I like to ask them to continue. But I recognize that um, I appreciate that the, the lifelong learning or the learning desire of the millennials who want to keep moving forward and keep learning. That is a great thing. And so I think one of the things we that we're starting trying to work for, toward is to help and 
continue to provide those learning opportunities. Even after they've learned it and are still in their phase of mastering, there's other things to learn. So how can we help give them lots of exposure and lots of opportunity to learn and, and not just learn in their chosen field, but learn in other ways, learn in management, learn in presentation skills, learn in executive presence, learn in leadership, learn in um, collaboration. How can we help learn, help them be team leaders? You know, there's a lot of ways to keep providing those learning opportunities. And I feel like if we can keep helping um, our millennial teams to, 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 to continue to learn, to continue to make progress um, in their career goals and in their goals and how they become a, yep. a world-class, you know, business athlete, so to speak, um, that's a good thing. But it's challenging. I have to say, you know, old school is sort of like you wait around for your promotion every three years, you know, and I think for a lot of millennials, that just isn't good enough. But I think both sides have to recognize, hey, you know, uh, maybe the modern world, the work world needs to sort of like modernize in terms of its point of view about promotions or recognition or progress, signs of progress. But I also think millennials have to take a deep breath and understand, hey, just because I learned it doesn't make me a master. And it mastering is sustained achievement in an area. And that takes time. It literally, because it's sustained, that means time. We want you to repeat it and keep doing it and uh, keep improving. And so I think both sides, we need to figure out how to help each other um, understand, um, you know, how to, how to, how to have a happy, happy balance on those things. Yeah, that's interesting. And I was at a, I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, um, it was a sales specific conference and they were talking about, you know, uh, millennials and coaching them up. And, you know, they had like a, a multiple choice of like, what is the number one thing that millennials want in their job? And it was like, you know, money, it was the opportunity to network. It was like professional development and growth. And like the opportunity for growth and development was hands down. Number one, higher than money, higher than everything else. And, and I would, I would agree with that. Like, I think that people are much more apt to say, you know, I want to, I want to take on more responsibility. I want to learn more things. Um, so I think that's really yeah. important for, for anyone listening here who's managing. You know, what's fun, that, yeah, I to, 100% agree with that. I think my eyes really got opened when I read this quote. I read this article about uh, about uh, managing millennials or helping millennials in their career, you know, in, in their work life. And it said something like, and this, this was a millennial who said something to the effect of, well, what do you think, man? We were the generation raised on video games. And video games are all about getting to the next level as fast as you can, learning what's up with this level and then going to the next one as fast as possible. And I just went, oh my God, that's so brilliant because that is exactly what, you know, non-millennials don't understand about a millennial mindset. And so I'm saying, yes, learn that level and then master it so many times that you can do it in, you know, in every environment, then you're ready to go to the next level. But just because you got through it, just because you got through it once doesn't make you a master, you know? So, yeah, but it was, isn't that, oh my God, isn't that brilliant? When I read that, I was like, oh my God, I, I have a much better understanding. I still, I still need, I mean, we have incredible people. I'm thinking about some people on my team that are, that are millennials that are just like stellar. I mean, and, and lot, many, most of the people we hire really are. And so I'm still, there's still things we got to do differently and better and smarter for, to make this a place where, you know, millennials really, you know, love it and, and can do their best work and can be their best selves. Um, but we're trying, we're trying. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we talked about mastery for a bit. I'm going to put you on the spot yeah. here. Um, what would you say that you're, if you had to choose one thing, that you are a master? 
Oh, um, God, that's funny you say that. I just walked out of my performance assessment with my boss. <laughs> and, <laughs> so they say. Yeah, so let me see. Let me pull out. Let me pull it out right now. <laughs> Actually, I know what it is. It's uh, and you know, it's one of these things where you should just embrace your strength. And my one of my strengths is I'm the super enthusiastic, energetic person, and so I know. Uh, when I am on a team, I can bring energy to the team. I know I can do that. You know what I mean? I, and so that's sort of, I think, one of the things that um, that I um, is, is something that I just, I, you know, it's just something I just, I just have energy and I, I, I love my job and I love working with people. And so I bring a really positive, you know, that's just, and oddly enough, I know that sounds really like, like kind of woo woo, what are you talking about? You know, but, um, but it is something I think that, no, but energy is uh, contagious. That, uh, that I, that's my, yeah, I, I believe that it is. I, I do believe that energy is contagious. And sometimes when you're stuck or, you know, hard projects or, you know, it's just really important to get some mojo going. And so I think I try to do that. Now, sometimes, you know, too much of a good thing is usually a bad thing. So, you you know, you got to contain yourself sometimes or or not over r- railroad over people or run over people or get them exhausted by your energy. But I think if, you know, if you can if you can bring energy to a team that, you know, that, and that's what I can do, I, I think that I, that can be a helpful and a, and a contributing factor. So I, I, yeah. I think that's probably my sort of, you know, thing. <laughs> well, that's, that's huge. And it, it definitely cascades to the rest of the, the people around you, it, to people that you don't even know on the street. Like energy really is, is a huge factor. So like if you woke up and you were, or it's the middle of the day and you're just kind of feeling negative or blah, like, do you have a tactic that you're just like kind of flip the switch? Ah, that's a great question. Um, that is a great question. Um, you know, I think just uh, owning when you feel blah and just sort of feeling like, ugh, not a, you know, can't just exhausted today or feeling negative or feeling down. I think just owning it is a is just uh, a, a good thing to do. In fact, I was just reading an article about how. Um, or uh, listening to someone speak about dread and that um, they were talking about experiences people have and that people don't want to do something and so they dread it and then they the experience that they don't want to do is also negative. So there's the period of dread that's negative and then there's the period when you're doing the thing you don't want to do that's also negative. Mm-hmm. And of course, those two things are just additive. So owning your dread and just saying, I dread this uh, or I'm down or I'm is a way to sort of shorten it and, and name it and get it over with so that you can just do the negative thing or move on. And that shortens that period. Whereas if you stay in a state of dread or a state of like, uh, I just don't want to, I don't understand, you know, uh, you know, you just, you, you elongate it. So I think um, one of the things that I try to do when I'm, when I'm down or dreading something or just don't have the energy is just sort of own it and just say, Oh man, today I'm just, I don't, yeah, I'm just not into it, man. I just, I, you know, I got to, you know, what can I do? You know, go for a walk, you know, go get a cup of coffee, go watch a funny video, you know, um, watch a favorite movie, you know, whatever it takes to sort of like change your mindset. But first and foremost is to own it and just like, let it, let it, you know, let it live a little bit and then figure out like, okay, I got to change my mindset. Love that. Love it. So I'm going to switch it up here for the last few minutes, just a couple um, speed rounds here for you. So I'd be curious, you know, we were talking earlier about being a lifelong learner. Is there a book or a podcast or anything that you've picked up recently that, um, you know, you've, you've found some value in or, or you learned something new in? 
Um, yeah, actually, um, I, recently I picked up a book at the recommendation, uh, or someone mentioned it to me at my team um, that I work with. Um, it's called Triggers. Uh, triggers thinking. Uh, trigger. Uh, sorry, triggers creating behavior that lasts. Um, and it's by uh, Marshall Goldsmith. It looks like. And uh, anyway, I'm looking at it on my Kindle because uh, you know it's hard to change. And there's some things about yourself that you'd like to change. And sometimes it's just really hard to change. And so um, it's just a really good book. I, I'm about halfway through, I'd say, and I've already picked up some things that are like that's really insightful. The awareness you have about how you do things and the commitment you have to how you, you know, how you're triggered, how your environment matters so much. Um, so I would definitely recommend that book because I think as children, we're really good at um, changing and we're really good at um, behaviors, um, you know, behavior change, uh, because that's kind of, you know, that's what you're doing as a kid. You're learning, you know, as you're learning these behaviors that are worth doing. But as you get older, you kind of get stuck in your habits and you sometimes are blind to things that are causing you to behave certain ways just because you're triggered. It's the environment or it's the people you're around or it's what you surround yourself with. And by by paying more attention to these these environmental factors or these things around you, the triggers that that cause you from changing behavior that you want to change is a really useful thing. So I found this book really useful. Interesting. So far, I haven't finished it, but so far so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. I was really, really, um, you know, I was really surprised by it. It's really been good so far. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So the next question is, what do you think is one thing that is holding you personally back from reaching the next level of Elisa Fink? Oh, that is a great question. Um, oh, lots of things. You know, I think, um, you know, I could always um, be more be more uh, physically fit for sure. That's a big one uh, because I think there is um, a balance to when you, you are um, – you know, you got we do a lot of thinking, right? As 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 in the technology world, as marketers and salespeople, and whatever, we do a lot of thinking. But you know, I think you're you can think better when you're more physically fit. So I think that that there's a balance to that, the whole person. So certainly, certainly that. Um, I think sometimes even you know, you still have these talks with yourself sometimes that you're you know you're not really paying attention to to your signals, and your head is filled with all these talk tracks that are negative or delusional. Um, so I think sometimes. You know, that that sort of um, that the taking more moments of Zen and meditation to just, you know, he, you know, just clear your mind and, and be open um, for sure. I think I would like to spend more time in stillness to, to get sort of that meditative reflection um, a little a little more precise, a little bit more um, engaged uh, in the present yeah. moment. Med- meditation's awesome. Yeah. I just got into it a couple weeks ago. And um, oh, cool. it's been cool. it's been really cool. Not even for it's really hard for anyone that hasn't done it. It's like and I'm my I, my mind goes a mile a minute, so it's not easy. But but um, it does help you. I do it first thing in the morning, and it helps me to think like, all right, what am I anxious about? What am I kind of nervous about? Because sometimes like when I wake up, I'm just like I want to get everything done in the first thirty minutes. I'm up. I want to get everything done. But um, so it's cool. All right. Um, what what does women in business, the, the movement there. And obviously, you know, we're, we're filming or not filming, we're recording this, uh, the day after international women's day. Um, but I'd love to hear what that means to you and and your thoughts on the topic. 
Oh, sure. So I think um, I think there's two sides of that. One side of this is definitely like, hey, the world, um, there's so much contribution um, to be gained to the world at large, to individual businesses or individual groups, teams, projects, by being a little more open to the differences um, in the way that women work and the contributions that they can make, for sure. I mean, so making, you know, helping people overall, men and women, be aware of how women's contributions are not are recognized or valued or often paid attention to because they're, they speak differently, they think differently and they behave differently. And I think that's a really important part of recognizing that, that, that women um, have important contributions to make in different kinds of ways that stylistically speaking, um, that, that can really change businesses and change organizations and change, you know, the world. But I also think it's a moment for women uh, to stop and think about how they too can behave differently um, and how to, they need to own um, some of the things that we could be doing um, better or differently. So a great example that I, I you know, I, I work with a lot of um, women. And I, I like to, uh, you know, coach or mentor or advise every once in a while if they ask. Um, and I, you know, I find myself, you know, saying, you know, if you look at a job description and, and a woman looks at eight bullets and she doesn't have two of them, she's all, oh, I, I can't apply for that job. I only have six of the eight bullets, you know. <laughs> but a guy, I find a guy will go, same situation, look at eight bullets, have six of them and go, dang, I'm in, man. I, I can do this job and I know I can learn those other two. And so I feel like sometimes women can be a little bit like they throttle themselves sometimes because they feel like they don't know everything or they're not 100% prepared. They only know 60% of the story, not 92% of the story. So, oh, no, I better not speak up. But actually, in a lot of situations, you know, your 60% of knowing the story or your six bullets knowing out of the eight bullets is actually pretty darn good. And and you can contribute even if even if you're not a, all eight bullets, you're just a six, you, you can contribute. So, you know, don't throttle yourself because you feel like you're, you're falling short in some aspect that you've judged to be, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not enough. Uh, you are enough. Um, I mean, don't be egotistical and assume like you're all that, but be realistic. It's okay. You can speak up and you can contribute even if you feel like you don't fill the whole, the whole glass with every, with every job. I think a lot of men are much more open to or willing to get out there when women are not willing to get out there. And so I found that true for myself. And I think I see it. And I, and I call my own team, women on my team, I call them out on it. You know, I'll be like, why didn't you speak up? You, you know enough about this. And, you know, well, I, you know, little, you know, I'm like, no, you owe it to yourself and to your team and to your organization to, to contribute when you can, even if you've got a little doubt. It's, it's like, you know, own up to, you're not, women aren't always held back by, it's not always men holding us back. Sometimes it's us um, thinking that we're not going to, you know, oh, I don't know everything, so I can't speak up. No, come on, put yourself out there, man. Learn, take a step, take a chance, take a risk, you know, get out there. And 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 so I, th I think when it comes to something like International Women's Day, it's good to think of um, the yeah. the situation or the challenge or whatever you want to call it from both sides. So I think women, there's awareness overall for men and women, and then also awareness for women in terms of their own behavior. Like how are, how can you change your behavior? to continue to foster greater equality and greater contributions from both genders. Wow, that was powerful. I like that a lot. Um, I like to, you know, <laughs> Good. It's, just, it's interesting for me, obviously, as a male to, to hear the perspective. Um, and as someone, you know, I, and I said this it was on the last podcast that we released was with Barb Giamanco and we talked about it. And um, 
we, you know, I, I think it should be as simple as whoever's the best person for the job or whoever's the best person for the raise or the promotion, like that's who you should go to. I mean, I know that's, that's oversimplifying it. Um, but hopefully we do get to a point where that's, that's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally, totally, totally. No, hundred percent agree. Totally. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, you know, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be every, every choice or every decision is going to be optimal. But I think overall, the more open and transparent we are and the more we're open to different styles and the more we put ourselves forward and, and we're honest, um, to our own truths, um, then, then I think that's, that's a good thing. I think that that's, in a, those are movements in the right direction. Yeah. So the last thing for you, um, or last two two questions here. One is, you know, any last words to anyone listening, the millennials, the non millennials, um, and then where can we find you uh, on social media? Where can people find you? Oh, okay, cool. Um, so last words are just like you know, I, I'm a. Uh, I've been so lucky. And I think the, again, I, I just can't reiterate enough to stay true to your joy and stay true to who you are um, and, and, and work at it. I mean, it's not easy. It doesn't make work easy, but, and it doesn't, and it's not easy to find, but it is, uh, it makes a big difference in all aspects of your life when you can work, do work that you love with people that you respect and people that you trust. And so you deserve an environment like that and you deserve a job like that and you deserve work like that. So don't sell yourself short, get out there and try to find it is what I would say is last words. And then in terms of social media, um, I, uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, those are the two that I'm primarily, um, I, I use Facebook for private mostly, but you know, people can reach me there too. Um, and Instagram, same thing. But yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm out there. I'm part of the Tableau community and I'm, I'm a uh, fun part of it is, is a lot of the stuff we do with our community. So love to always hear from customers um, and, and people using Tableau. So yeah, so those are, yeah, those are, those are two best ways to reach me. LinkedIn is a pretty good one in terms of just connect with me and I'm, I'm delighted to connect with people. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elisa. Um, it was great. Well, yeah. thank you, Tom. I really enjoyed, yeah, I really enjoyed chatting with you. You guys had great questions or great conversation. I really appreciate it. Well, there it is, guys. Elisa Fink, CMO at Tableau Software. Check them out. Please give her a follow on her social handles. Connect with her. Let her know what you thought. Let her know one thing you learned today. Because um, I know I learned a lot from her. Uh, and I got a blog coming out with, with what I learned. So uh, thanks again so much for listening. The support is overwhelming. I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, but if you'd like to continue the support, you know how to do it. Subscribe, review, share check me out on another platform. Anything you can do is greatly appreciated. Um, and until then, have a great rest of your week. We'll be back next week with a couple more episodes for you. Peace.